Hello, hello, and welcome to the Gardner Carney Leadership Institute podcast. The GCLI has developed the pedagogy of leadership, which combines brain science, leadership studies, cultural competency, and developmental psychology. Its mission is to teach teachers to teach leadership to students. This is your go-to podcast for discussions, tips, and stories for leadership and leadership education. And I am your host, Catherine Birdie, but please call me Birdie. Our world is in dire need of people just like you, people who are committed to building communities of leaders, young and old. So let's get busy leading the next generation of leaders, and thank you for joining us. Hello, everyone. It's Birdie. Welcome to the GCLI podcast. It's Black History Month, so it is a personal treat for me to host today's guest, who is also my friend and GCLI colleague, Andrew Prince. Andrew is currently the head of upper school at Collegiate School in New York City. And prior to his position at Collegiate, he served as a commissioner on diversity for the Connecticut Association of Independent Schools. He's also been the Dean of Multicultural Education at the Taft School. So I think you'll agree that he is the perfect guest to continue teaching me about a subject that he presented at the 2021 Leadership Lab. It's called Black Joy. I loved his insight and perspective then, and I think you will enjoy it now. So without further ado, welcome, Andrew. Thanks so much, Bernie. I appreciate you having me. It's a pleasure to be here and an opportunity to uh, talk with folks about this concept of Black joy. It's, uh, as you and I have discussed, a helpful framework for thinking about our uh, uh, investigation of and discovery of Black history and a focus on joy without letting folks off the hook. And I'm sure we'll talk about that more later. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Before we get into the nuances of Black Joy, I'd like to make an acknowledgement, I guess, and that is that sometimes it's very hard for me to talk about race with students. And I'm wondering, in your experience as a DEI practitioner and advisor, is that normal? And what are some of the things I can do to overcome these stumbling blocks? Yeah, so so first, I would say that that feels normal to me. I think it's, uh, and this is generalization, but I think is normal for folks uh, of privileged identifiers to uh, to have difficulties or challenges or to feel uncomfortable talking about uh, the corresponding marginalized identifier. I know certainly for me, I have to do a lot of prep work uh, to talk about what it means to uh, identify as a man uh, and the privileges that I have by virtue uh, of identifying as a man. And, and, and I guess the first thing I would say is um, taking the time to, to think uh, about uh, the things you might be talking about with your students to anticipate uh, the conversations you're going to have to anticipate some of the questions that might come up uh, are, are certainly helpful things. Uh, the, the other thing that I've gotten really uh, comfortable with, although it's taken a lot of time for me, is the idea that I'm going to make mistakes. Uh, I'm going to say things that are wrong and incorrect and potentially off-putting, perhaps even offensive. By the way, we need to look up the word offensive that gets tossed around too much, but uh, to offend is not as high a bar as we would say. But perhaps, and I would say this is the even higher level, make folks feel unsafe. Uh, and I don't want to do it. it. It pains me every time. And uh, when people share that information with me, my process is to sit in the corner for a sec and be upset with myself. Uh, and then to apologize. And I think that's the best thing we can do. So, you know, I think abandoning the idea of, of doing this perfectly, doing this work perfectly uh, and focusing on doing our best, planning as best as we can, understanding we'll make mistakes and then accepting those mistakes is uh, part of what I'd recommend to folks of, of privileged identifiers, preparing to enter into conversations about the relevant marginalized identifier. 
Thank you so much. Cause I really, I mean, there's no question that I want to do a great job when talking about race, equality, equity, anything with social ju justice. But um, sometimes I do fall into that. Well, better, I'd rather say nothing than something wrong. So permission to feel uncomfortable with the yep. discomfort, comfortable with the discomfort. And Absolutely. Um, I, I really think that my first step in entering this conversation in a more relaxed and comfortable way was when you introduced me to the concept of black joy. I had never heard about it. It was not part of my vernacular. So can you please tell everybody out there who's listening a little bit more about black joy? Sure. So, you know, black joy uh, is, is this uh, framework of, of looking at the black experience. And it's one that, that really resonated for me, Bernie. I, I know I shared this, I think, all, not quite a year ago, but putting on a year ago when I talked about this in GCLI. Um, you know, I, I, I have throughout my life enjoyed uh, studying the black experience, learning about the, uh, the really onerous work that black Americans and black folks living in America have done uh, to, to advocate for rights and privileges that uh, they really shouldn't have to advocate for. Uh, and I guess it was probably the summer of 2020 uh, I was working as a DEI practitioner. Um, I was fried, as I'm sure so many of us were. There was so much going on. Um, and my, my then fiance, now wife, wanted us to watch um, the movie Marshall. And, and we sat down to watch it. And as a history person, as a person who enjoys learning about black Americans, I, you know, it was, it was a movie that should have resonated with me. And it made me so angry, so indescribably angry. And I just remember thinking to myself, how much black strife, black struggle, uh, black persecution at the hands of, of, of predominantly white people can I watch? And I couldn't do it. Uh, and it was right around then that I learned about this concept of black joy. And I, and I love the way Bettina Love describes it. Uh, it's, it's this audacious act of finding joy, finding uh, fulfillment, finding love, finding happiness. Uh, in the circumstances that black people ha have so often found themselves in, in the United States, which, this, which is to say indescribably difficult circumstances. Uh, and and the, the emphasis on joy was something that was just so revolutionary for me. It helped me to launch myself into the conversation again in a way that I found myself unable to. And Bertie, you know, you and I talked about this. It, it also doesn't let people off the hook, right? It's right. still about the difficulty, the challenge, and the joy and fulfillment that's found in spite of that, uh, in the presence of that. that. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yes, it does not ignore the oppression and the trauma. Yet, it it is a great jumping off place for these discussions into those hard to talk about moments and um, that need to be acknowledged and never repeated. So I really think that it's just a it's a tremendous. Um, really, it is a great framework. But I've come to learn about it as a full-on movement, which I think is really, really cool. I did a deep dive into the hashtags, Black Joy, and it's really, really wonderful. And in fact, I even asked a student um, what Black Joy meant to him, and he said that it is a, the power of expression. So thank you, Riley P., for, for that. But you find it in dance, and you find it in art, and you find it in music and you find it in it, it really everywhere installments of black joy are everywhere so i 
you know, I just, I think it's just a great place to, to start the conversation, move into um, conversations that really are enlightening and hard. And thank you for sharing that about Marshall. It's a great film, but I, I think that knowing that is just, um, it's helpful to me, for me yeah, to be well, able to empathize a little bit better. So thank you. Oh, no, of course. Of course. No, I, I, uh, I so, so I really got a chance to think about a lot about Black Joy, uh, again, a, a year ago, right about now, um, uh, in the context of, of Taft's uh, Black History Month programming. Um, we, we, we decided to, to put Black Joy at the center. Um, and in the end, what we picked was to do a, uh, a video cataloging um, different expressions of Black Joy from community members at Taft. It was some folks talking about what Black Joy meant to them. It was some folks uh, sharing quotes that were particularly appropriate. It was uh, you know, a video of one of our students whose brother had been uh, drafted to the Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs. It was a video uh, of a student or a few different students dancing uh, in, in different places. Uh, it was a video of this great uh, uh, movie, uh, uh, like a, a short that one of our students had made. Uh, all of it, uh, just expressions of joy and again, fulfillment, happiness, uh, and all of it, again, in the context of what it means to be a black person in America, which uh, is to face, face significant struggle uh, and strife and, and opposition. So, uh, you know, it, it was fortuitous for me that uh, right about when I needed it. <laughs> this is a concept that that, uh, that 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 I had an opportunity to think about a lot, and that uh, has really buoyed me as a uh, as a multiracial man who identifies uh, in as black or is seen as black in a lot of independent school uh, circles. Well, thank you. Yes, I think for me, I will enter this month and in the conversation with my classes with the concept of Black Joy. And I absolutely want to remind listeners about the C-SPAN video that you showed us. Um, Bettina Love's C-SPAN video is excellent. Does a yes. great job. It's very accessible. Uh, do you have anything to say about that? Yeah, I mean, it, she in it, she talks about this concept of hush harbors, which again, I hadn't heard about uh, before watching this video, but um, these uh, these these places that, that enslaved uh, Africans used to go um, late in the evening. They'd sneak out of uh, the, uh, the the plantation, out of the big house, and or the the places they were living, and go to these hush harbors with pots and pans. Uh, and they would uh, uh, scream and yell and sing uh, into these pots and pans, so the so the sound would be caught uh, and dance and and find again find joy and uh, the. Gosh, uh, the mindfulness, the the resiliency to be able to find joy in that circumstance of all places uh, is, is just astounding. And if that's our starting point, then uh, we can look at so many different expressions of, of Black joy, whether it's the blues, uh, you know, either, you know, field songs that, yeah. that became the basis for so much of what we know as American music. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I was thinking about this recently when, when, uh, Courtney and I made black eyed peas and rice uh, for 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 New Year's Day. You know, taking black eyed peas, which take a long time to cook, taking ham hock, uh, which takes a long time to cook, uh, doing some greens on the side. These are all foods that, you know, they're not fillets. You can't just toss them on the grill, but you got to be really creative 
in order to enjoy them. And, and that those to me are manifestations of black joy. And, you know, I, I think it's important to say that they're accessible uh, for folks of all different identifiers, right? Uh, we can all right. enjoy Hop and John. We can all enjoy the blues. We can all uh, enjoy so many expressions of black joy. And uh, black joy is an in-group thing, right? Uh, yeah. uh, black folks uh, are the ones who are, who are creating uh, black joy and, and, uh, and, and folks of other identifiers uh, who are present get to enjoy uh, what, uh, what, what comes of that, uh, of that creation. Uh, I, it, joy is everybody's birthright, every yeah. single person's birthright. Yeah. And I think that it's a wonderful jumping off place. And it doesn't, like we said, it does not take away the trauma and the yeah. oppression and the things that we need to acknowledge, but it is a wonderful place to acknowledge. And I'm so thankful that there is a movement that I can enjoy and uh, talk about, and it does ease the conversation a little bit. Um, but it also emboldens me to even wear my ally hat even more um, upright and and um, proudly. So I really appreciate this. I know that um, Cleaver Cruz is another name that people may want to know about the Black Joy Project. Are there any other resources out there or tips, recommendations for listeners? Yes. So uh, you know, I mentioned I mentioned Bettina Love. Um, you know, she is uh, amazing um, in, in so many ways. Uh, we, we were lucky enough again to have her at TAP and, and have her uh, speak to us about uh, uh, the concept of black joy and contextualize it. And as you said, um, you know, it, it, it's great uh, in that it doesn't let folks off the hook. I, I would say additionally, you might consider looking at her book. Uh, we want to do more than survive abolitionist, abolitionist teaching uh, and the pursuit of educational freedom. So I think that's a, a book you might consider looking at. Um, and, you, you know, the other thing that we can all consider is to uh, talk to the folks in our orbits. Now, you know, having these kinds of conversations, asking people what it means uh, to experience Black joy for them, uh, particularly if you're not a Black person, that's that's delicate. Uh, going up to some person you never met before, you only have a casual relationship with, I probably wouldn't advise. And, uh, the people that you have a bond with, the people that you uh, trust, the people that you feel connected with, uh, if you if you don't identify as black, um, those are folks I would consider asking. What what are the manifestations of black joy? I think again, I, I look at the what we did at um, TAP last year. This idea that we tapped into the student experience uh, and and got to hear uh, from our students, from community members, from folks that we all are bonded with uh, by virtue of being at the same school about their experience with. Black joy. What black joy means to them, um, you know, it's it's uh, that that is something I think that could be uh, really powerful uh, for a community and 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 really help to take this uh, big idea uh, and make it concrete in a way that everyone uh, can can access. So um, again, has to be done responsibly and done responsibly and done thoughtfully. Uh, I think that uh, that tapping into our our networks, tapping into the places we live and work. Uh, it, it is a great opportunity uh, when it comes to this this kind of exploration. Absolutely, I think it is absolutely beautiful. I love the concept. I love the movement. I just can't say enough about it, and I can't thank you enough for bringing it to my attention at the Leadership Lab last year. Which actually reminds me that 
listeners may know of someone who might want to attend the 2022 lab and we'd love to have you if you know of someone please spread the word andrew and i will be there and excited to share more with you so if you are interested at all go to the gcli website and register we'll provide some resources there as well about black joy and black history month so look there and andrew as always, um, you are a gem. Thank you so much for sharing your words, your stories, your vulnerability, your insight. I can't thank you enough and I can't wait to see you in June. My, my pleasure, Bertie. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's been, a, it's been a, a real joy to be able to talk to you and, and I hope this is helpful to folks and certainly reach out if you have questions, but um, you know, this is all of our work. So, uh, so you know, I, going back to the first question you asked, uh, if, if, if the fear of making mistakes is, is preventing you from jumping in at times, forget it. Jump in, do the prep work, you'll be okay. And hey, you know what? We all make mistakes and apologies are, are, are excellent vehicles uh, for, uh, for our continued growth. And uh, I, I'm, I'm grateful for all of you who are uh, doing this work with your kids. Well, I'm emboldened and I am so honored to lock arms with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank y'all for joining us today, and we'll see you in two weeks' time. Until then, visit us at gcliadership.org and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. You'll find all of our links at the bottom of our podcast. And until then, lead on.